You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see your home fans, Billiard. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! England on the break! Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it No! Hello, welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score? It's the England versus Senegal post-match reaction. I'm Chris Skull. Joining me as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And Peter Schmeichel. Welcome to Michael. <laughs> Hello. That's it. That's the intro. Thank you to Mark Phillips for sending that in. Do send in your intros to hello at quicklykevin.com and hopefully make them better than that one. I like that one. Yeah, it's all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know the other one he sent in, which I'll just use now? Hello all, Alan Ball. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, we will come to Alan Ball yeah, he comes on the show. Yeah. Um, it was England versus Senegal. England won 3 0. Uh, should we do some. Is it. Well, we'll have this discussion on the podcast. Would you prefer to have the match now, or do, do we want, still want to do some correspondence? I, I feel there's so much good correspondence coming in. People can wait for the match because it's not even that big a match, is it? It was just a stepping stone, right? Yeah, let's have some correspondence. Yeah. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Okay, apologies are needed from us. Uh-oh. We've had a lot of emails about this. So, thank you to everyone, but Gareth Savage is the one I'm reading out. I keep emailing, but I can't help it. Firstly, and this is the thing we need to apologise for, this is new news to me. It was the other knee that Alfie Harland had surgery on and didn't recover from, not the one that Roy Keane kicked. So your sliding doors moment is incorrect. Other people have described it as a as a long-running myth that Roy Keane's kick uh, took Alfie Harland's career out. I'd always thought that was the case. Yeah, me too. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I am actually gonna contest that. 
Yes, well, because you're I'm... a contestant with about 68 people <laughs> oh, who emailed really? in. Well, it's his yeah. left knee. Alfinger Holland's left knee is the one that was the, the issue. Yeah, and, and it's, in it's my right mind's eye, Roy... Roy King comes into him from the left. No, someone so, set, sent in um, a photo of the of the challenge, and it's his right knee. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. All right. All right. Never mind. As you were. Interesting to learn, though, isn't it? Yeah. Secondly. In 1990, Ireland and Holland, uh, do you remember what group they were in? They were with England, weren't they, in yeah. the 1990 World Cup? Yeah. They finished level on points, goal difference scored, and conceded in the group behind England. So, they had to be drawn out of a bowl on Italian TV. Oh. Wow. I wonder that, that footage he's attached must exist. The YouTube footage. Yeah, he's attached the YouTube footage. <laughs> Can we see it? Yeah, we, being Ireland, were obviously overjoyed to get Romania and not West Germany. Two very different stories there, couldn't there? Um, attaches the footage. Here we go. Oh, my God. Wow, look at this. It's Seb, Seb Blatter's doing it. Seb Blatter, yeah. This is kind of what I imagined. It's quite official, isn't it? Yeah. I just wanted to see how it would set up. So you've got, like, a, a marble room, a long marble table, FIFA behind them, live from Rome, Seb Blatter. They've got the pots with balls in them. Very official, isn't it? Yes, there you go. In a weird way, I'm a bit disappointed because you'd want it to be a bit more amateurish than that. Wouldn't you? To me, drawing lots implies two pieces of straw in a hand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like drawing straws. Because this is balls. It's the same as a as a, any old FIFA draw. And to me, it implies the team captains are doing it rather than set blatter. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nick Hemsley writes, Hi, lads. Loving the bleak existentialism of your World Cup episodes. <laughs> Great description. <laughs> I, too, am constantly asking myself why I'm not more nervous excited to watch England. It begs the question, would England crashing out of this particular World Cup result in you feeling crestfallen yet relieved? <laughs> <laughs> A wonderful <laughs> throwback dual to emotions. the Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce challenges readers to explore in the mirror at home. <laughs> in, when we were winning the Euros final, I remember thinking... I wouldn't be too disappointed if we lost. Like I was just so pleased. Yeah. But then when we did actually yeah. lose, I was absolutely you devastated. Crestfallen, yeah, relieved, yeah, yeah, I was crestfallen and not relieved. So I think it would be the same this time around. On the reason I'm emailing in, I have a question. If Zidane becomes the next France coach, as expected, didn't know that, but there we go, doesn't sound out the question, is he required to serve a touchline ban in his first game of a counter he's sending off in the 2006 World Cup final? <laughs> That is a wonderful <laughs> thought. That is a wonderful it's, thought. There needs to be some justice for that. <laughs> I think so. Do you know what? I think here's a question. What happens with old bands like that? Do you know what I mean? Like, they must be on record somewhere that should Zidane ever try to play a game of international football, he would be yeah, banned for he'd it. He'd be suspended, but yeah. In would he, having missed the next France game, would he have therefore served his ban? Do you know what I mean? Oh, what? Because was France he eligible next played, for the next France? Yeah, yeah, when France next played and he didn't play, is that the ban served? No, but was that his last ever game of football or was that his last ever game of international football? I think it was his last ever yeah, game. Yeah, I, th I think it might have So been. do I, yeah. In which case, I don't think he'd be registered as a player, was he? So, oh my word. I, wonder, I don't know what the answer to that they, is. How does the bureaucracy of that work? Yeah. Is retiring a thing you do, or is it just a thing you yeah. say? Yeah. Talk about more it, existential <laughs> questions. But do you like, have to send a letter like, to Seth Blatter 
saying. But what 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 are you retiring from? You're just saying I don't. I'm not playing football anymore. But remember when Paul Scholes like? Do you have to like? Be a registered player. Yeah, I think he might have to be registered. To, so perhaps Zidane has, once he's handed in his resignation, he could argue that if prior to that point France had played any games, they're eligible. But I suspect he probably would have to serve some kind of touchline ban, yeah. Just to confirm, that was Zidane's last ever game. He retired in 2006. But interestingly, like he wasn't really... He was still a first-teamer for Real Madrid in the 2005-06 season. he was playing. 29 games he played, final. and he's played in the World Cup final. That is... One of the best retirements, isn't it? The best. Is there ever been a better retirement than that? No, no, definitely not. Some people believe that's why he did it, don't they? But I don't think it is. Players born in England who won the World Cup. Hi, chaps. Uh, long-time listener. Loving the World Cup episodes. This is Christian Dutton. On the subject of players born in England who played in another country, you've not mentioned Simone Perotta. Anyone want to give some details on no him? No idea. He started all seven games for Italy when they won the 2006 World Cup. However, he was born in Ashton-under-Lyne in Manchester. His parents ran a pub in the area, and he ended up moving to Italy when he was five. So unlike Erling Haaland, he would have started school in this country. His achievements have not gone unnoticed, though, as his local council built a statue of him, Jeff Hurst and Jimmy Armfield to celebrate their three World Cup winners. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I guess the real question is whether you could really fit Lampard, Gerrard and Parotta into the same <laughs> midfield. Keep up the great pods all the best, Christian. That is incredible, isn't it? Ashton Underline. Like Simone Parotta feels so exotic and Ashton Underline feels like where Wallace and Gromit yeah, was Yeah, it's the perfect way, yeah. Yeah, it's good that, isn't it? So there we go. There's so much more, but what the way I'm thinking is there's quite a lot of dead time until the France game on Saturday, so I imagine we'll go through a lot more emails in the week. Just, just, just one more thing. Uh, hmm. Christian Vieri, he grew up in Australia, Born didn't he? in Australia, didn't he? Because he's yeah. got an uh, Australian accent, hasn't he, when he speaks English? Yeah, I think he was born in Australia, was he? Oh, he's born in Bologna. But he, Born he, in Bologna, uh, moved to Australia. Australia as a child, and then returned. Oh, there we go. Returned to Italy to start playing football. Incredible. There we go. Yeah, more, there we go. Yeah, more of those. Right. So it was England versus Senegal. Um, we watched it apart. We uh, we did talk to each other as we went. Also sent some voice memos. This is how we experienced England's whatever you want to call it. You know, lovely three 0 round of sixteen. It's the second round. Let's call it the second round win. So it's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. No one posted more points or scored more goals in the group stages than England, but from now on, there are no second chances. This is minutes before England kick off in their second round game. It's against too close, isn't it? Really it's close. too close. How are you feeling, John? It's two minutes before. I'm annoyed at myself for how close this is because I was too busy doing household tasks, <laughs> which shows you the difference between this and every other World Cup, where I've prioritised it above all else in my life. It's a, it's um, a weird vibe tonight. It's Sunday night. I've just put the kids to bed. Just it is weird on Monday night. tomorrow, and it's like, oh, it's the wrong day. This is a World Cup it's game. It's a really football. most important England game in 18 months is about to happen. It's surreal, isn't it? This, yeah. this is the first time I felt this is really surreal. Do you know what? I'm slightly bored of the analysis of people going. Everyone thinks we'll beat Senegal, but they're going to be more difficult than we think. And you're going, 
there's got to come a point when enough people have said that that we're no longer talking about how everyone thinks we're going to beat Senegal. Yeah, in fact, I don't know anybody that has said that version of it. Everybody I know has said, no, this is a really tricky game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, I haven't heard that from anyone. But all I've heard it from is people who are claiming that they're sticking their neck out by saying it's not going to be easy. I'm going to go the other way. 3-0. I'm going to smash them. This is, this is going to be the easiest game so far. Fordy has spent the last 48 hours texting me trying to make plans for where we watch the game on next the quarterfinal next Saturday night. He's probably the one person I'm like, calm, calm down. I'm not making any plans until tonight is over. Find a Senegalese bar for Senegal v France. Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> um, I could do. I could do with us just ghosting through air, to be honest. I'm, I'm really tired. I could do without extra time and penalties. I do think there's a version where we just win this quite easily. Yeah, there is. Uh, from everything I've read, the predictions are, oh, we, England should win this quite comfortably. Yeah. I think because our group stage was so... There was a lot of dross in that group. Yeah. It feels like a step up, whereas normally it does. It feels like you've played a team of this level by this point. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a classic second round game we win. Well, well, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go into it. I'll uh, see you at half time. Oh, that's a mistake by Saka. It's given away to Ismail Assar. Cutting in on that right foot is always a danger sign. It's Diab. It's a good save by Jordan Pickford. First real save of the night. Requires a big hand from the Everton goalkeeper. This is Kane. Bellingham's made a really intelligent run. Bursting. Trying to get away from Diallo. Here's Jordan Henderson. Now they've done the damage. England fans can sit a little more comfortably now. Fantastic move. The first move that England have put together. You fluky, fluky cunts. That is just not on. That is not on. Jude Bellingham, lovely flick from Foden. I like the way that over 38 minutes we just lulled them in and then hit them on the break. Absolutely. We've robbed the lead here and it is totally unacceptable. If you'd bet me that Jordan Henderson would be scoring for England at the start of this tournament, I didn't think we'd see him touch the ball. Well, we haven't tonight. Am I bloody right? I bloody love Jordan Henderson in this team. He just makes me feel so calm and relaxed. He reminds me of... Uh, when West Ham used to have Rob Green in goal, it uh, you just kind of, you know deep down that things are probably going to be fine. And that's what Jordan Henderson does for me. And, and I love, he's, kind of, he's, he's the old hand in the squad, isn't he? The experienced guy. And he, now he's on the score sheet. I think our World Cup may have turned around when Southgate put him in the team. I love him. I'm here for it. I forgot there was a period where West Ham didn't concede because they had Rob Green in goal. Amazing you didn't win more Champions Leagues during that period. When... Whatever the game, the fact you had Rob Green in goal totally defeated the opponents. God, what a bunch of smug bastards we are. Exchanging banter when four minutes ago we were all, I imagine, in our separate homes complaining that England were absolute dog shit. It's given it to Jakobs and then got darting forward. Jakobs trying to get the ball into the centre. Picked up by Cease, and Bellingham's going to get there first, and England might be able to counter-attack here if they're quick. Bellingham, he's got space for Foden on the far side, Kane running through the centre, Kane's got a big chance here now, it's Harry Kane, and England lead 2-0! This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, you weren't going to keep Harry Kane off the score sheet for long. One step closer to becoming the greatest England scorer of all time. And one step closer to the World Cup quarterfinals. Can I be the first to say that was an appalling finish? Awful. How did the goalie not say, this is mental? We have been shit. Absolute shit. Jude Bellingham is fucking incredible. He's our best player. He is He's our best player. Not just now, but our best player for the next 12 years. Him and Foden. Just build the fucking team around them. Look at Bellingham there. And then Foden, not a great ball, but fine. And then Kane's finish. Straight at the goalie who dived out of the way. Mendy, you've got to have a word with yourself there. Look at that. Oh, dearie me. I actually feel a bit embarrassed. Slightly ashamed. This is, to be English, a bit, it's a bit just... It's not really on, is it? Playing that badly and being 2-0 up. England 2, Senegal 0. Weird. Weird. We're 2-0 up. Sound more excited, Skull. Hey, oh, do you yeah, know what? You, we got on the Zoom call th- five seconds ago. You were buzzing. We start recording. You sounded depressed. But it's just weird, isn't it? Because a half hour of that was really tense and like, oh my God, we might be going out here. This I is think the shock. generous there, 38 minutes yeah. of it. And tense implies uh, both teams giving it some. We were fucking dog shit. <laughs> do you know what really changed? What changed, it seemed to me, Lee Dixon made this comment, was that we just started going direct. We just started long balling oh, it. Oh no, here we go. Here we and go. it's like the Do big Sam the big Sam stint. It made a difference to this whole England concept. No, because we lulled them in, <laughs> didn't we? We pulled them out and then we hit them with the over the tops. That's how it worked. Whereas with Big Sam, when you're hitting the number nine <laughs> from minute one, they're not gonna then um, Jude Bellingham might be the best England player of my lifetime he's already. He's so good, isn't he? I can't even tell what foot... What he's footed, so Is he what-footed? Because that, that ball he played for Kane, uh, or oh, was it Foden, to start that move for the second, was like, he was using both feet. I can't tell... Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's incredible, isn't he? And he's really young. 
But then we said that about Gaza in 1990 and Wayne Rooney in 2004. You're like, you go, oh my God, he's going to dominate tournaments for years to come. In 15 years, we'll go, God, do you remember that World Cup where Jude Bellingham was good? Um, the cele- we're talking about the celebration of the first goal. So I, I read a lot into celebrations because I think it really shows the team dynamic. And, and Henderson and Bellingham just went head to head really intensely. And Henderson just goes, I fucking love it. <laughs> Did yeah. And they also did that thing when Henderson yeah. scored. They did that thing when they point to each other. I love it when someone doesn't assist and the scorer scores and they just yeah. point to each other. I love that. When so they much. did that, what? Bit, how much of Mason Mount's heart broke? <laughs> like, Bellingham must go, come on, Hendo, be a bit. Come on, mate. Don't put me in this position. Yeah. That's the old head on Henderson. He's gone. <laughs> If I do this, Southgate's going to go, well, I can't break up that partnership yeah, against France. Look at this bromance we've got here. How can I ever split that up? Yeah. Yeah. Clever. Yeah, clever exactly. Player. Mount's hoping Rice scores and runs straight over to him. <laughs> Michael, what, how have you experienced it? I loved it. I thought it was great. I think obviously a bit cagey to start with, but that's understandable in a knockout game. I thought brilliant save from Pickford. Oh, wow. Little what, bit a cagey. Oh, what a save that was. A little bit cagey. You know, Maguire... Gave the ball away a couple of times, but also we're trying to play out. We're trying to break the press, so that's that's okay. What I loved about this team was it never felt like they panicked. Like this is what it's like to be good. <laughs> <laughs> we have to make this the episode title if we win. <laughs> yeah, this is what Let's it's like to be good. Here we go. Second half. Good from England again, and Kane, who thought he was going to get support from the left-hand side. Ran into a spot of bother, but Foden has managed to get through, and here is Bukayo Saka! And the tournament's top scorers go up another gear. Watch how Foden rides this tackle when it comes in. The timing of it's perfect, just watch this. He knows it's coming. And he just leans his hip into it, and he just rides it. And then this touch from Saka, he's onside. Watch this, just a little dink. He knows Mendy's going down, and he knows he has to get something on it just to lift it off the turf. It's brilliant. I think we're better than Brazil 1970. 3-0. Phil Foden's fucking incredible. Astonishing. Lee Dixon just said, bring on the French, I'm ready, as if he's got anything to fucking do with it. Lovely, Dixon, but come on, Lee. You're not going to be commentating on it. It's going to be on BBC. Oh, the curse of ITV. That's a load of bullshit, isn't it? Look at this. Phil Foden. Oh, my word. 60 minutes on the clock, and I have to say, I'm enjoying this now. I'm relaxed. I think we're going to score more goals. Are we going to win the World Cup? I think if we play France... We're going to find out in that quarters, you know, whether or not we're good enough. I think we're better than France, but we'll get on to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is a fantastic performance from Southgate's men. Oh, what a Sunday night. England 3, Senegal nil full-time, and David Seaman is trending in the UK after that revelation from Lee Dixon that he fosters cats. What an evening. <laughs> <laughs> Some so, of the commentary was inane in that second half, wasn't it? It was just like... I thought, but that's that's absolutely brilliant. Goss, <laughs> no? Floats your boat. So how long do you have to foster a cat for <laughs> until it gets a new home? How does that even... Yeah, you raise a good point. How does that even work? Such a difficult, such a difficult pet to foster. They naturally 
you know, need to build up their trust, don't they? I mean, to say that you're fostering cats implies that <laughs> I mean, you have to be doing that at scale. And presumably he's doing that in his own <laughs> you house. You have to be doing it at scale. But, you know, if you're fostering one cat, it's not really a talking point, is it? You need to be at least five cats. I think it still is. I, I'd say, if I was fostering a cat, would I mention it to you? Like, presuming that Lee Dixon and David Seaman are old, are good friends, yeah? And I think we can take that as red. Yeah. Um, are they, sh- should we talk about the England game? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is far more interesting. Would you would you mention to me if if you were fostering a cat at the moment? I think if I don't think I'd lead with it, but if I spend yeah, no. enough time in your company on a particular day, it might come up. Say say Seaman and Dixon have gone for a round of golf. Yeah, then it comes up over the course of eighteen holes. <laughs> I I think that's top ten just, on the agenda. I don't think it comes up. There's only one scenario in which it comes up, which is that Lee Dixon goes to David Seaman's house and there's fucking loads uh, of cats everywhere. <laughs> And David Seaman needs to explain why. And that's the only... Because you're never going to mention that. When does it come up? Like, well, you might say, what are you up to? Yeah. Why have you got scratches on your arms? <laughs> Quite a bit of fur on your jumper there, David. What, what have you been up to? Do you think there's any, any danger that Dixon has said foster when he meant adopts? Because you're right, fostering a cat implied because my mum used to foster kids but the, it was the process yeah. was they are coming from a home or a situation where they need to be removed from yeah. and you're preparing them to go to a longer term place is David yeah, yeah. Seaman just really great with troubled kittens <laughs> by rehabilitating them <laughs> old safe hand Seaman they just feel so secure in his, in his yeah. giant palms and then yeah. they go on to their forever home you make a good point I think he is right with fostering because adopting you wouldn't use the present tense you know, you'd say he's adopted some cats. <laughs> you would just say he's consistently adopting cats. <laughs> also, everyone who gets a cat has adopted a cat. Like, <laughs> the, none of us having a cat naturally. He's going to have a big house, almost certainly with fishing facilities, if I know anything about David Seaman. I bet those cats get some lovely fresh fish, don't they? <laughs> when they move out, I bet they're very picky about their about their whiskers. <laughs> Not their actual whiskers, <laughs> their the food. You know, I've got relatives and like friends of uh, friends have got like three or four cats in the house. And all mm. their houses always smell. So David Seaman's house, if he's fostering cats at scale, must really sting. And again, that's so you, why Lee Dixon got says... To, you've got to remember that you've added the phrase at scale. <laughs> Lee Dixon didn't Lee, say at Lee scale. Dixon has walked into this house going, what is that smell? Why are there so many cats? And David Seaman <laughs> said, he's just come up with fostering them. And now the nation knows. <laughs> I like that David Seaman sent Lee Dixon a cat emoji. And Lee... <laughs> Why is Lee Dixon checking his fucking texts? I think the thing is, Dixon's assumed he was talking about Pickford's cat-like reflexes, but Skull's right. He just means he's adopted another. He's fostered another cat. If you go through Lee Dixon's messages, actually, if you go through that old Arsenal back fours messages from David Seaman, it's just endless cat emojis. Oh, another one. Another one. Fascinating detail. Maybe it was one of his cats texting Lee Dixon. Anyway, um, what did you make of the game? Well, we'll come to that. This was just our initial reaction. We were trying to get like a live reaction to the game, but I suppose we've um, we've shown what we care about. So let's let's, let's call it that. And I suppose 
we'll give our main reaction in the main bit of the podcast. So there we are. It's, it was relaxing, wasn't it? It was weird. You know what? Those games are not meant to be enjoyable. And it actually, towards the end, was pedestrian yeah. almost. Yeah, really. It was, wasn't it? Well, it's England v France. It's what we said was going to happen, isn't it? The whole way through. It has come to pass that England yeah. will play France on you, Saturday. You, predi- you predicted much, this and it is happening. How much do you want to talk about this Well, before we talk about how you feel about England v France? I think a, a little bit, yeah. My mind is already... On France. No, it's not. Do you know what? I've met, I was making notes throughout the game, and they're almost all exclusively uh, about the commentary. Do you want some more things that they said that I was like, just yeah. astonished by? So John Stones and Harry Maguire yeah, absolutely addicted tea. to tea, specifically Yorkshire tea, and bro- brought their own batch over, and the two of them just sit together drinking tea. And that this is part, this nice, is kind of the it? the bond. Um, I quite like that though Yeah He said John Stones Is particularly fussy About his tea <laughs> As well I mean This is so, really As if Harry Maguire going, going along with it But John Stones Is very <laughs> insistent John Stones Reminds me of when uh, Ringo Starr Went to Rishikesh To visit Maharishi And uh, packed baked beans <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah That was an interesting detail I'd say that I like those kind of details Yeah I I love all that kind of stuff I I I think as well It's a real kind of Testament To how pedestrian the game was The the commentary in that second half Just It was almost like They had to fill time And Sam Matavos Was deep into his kind of files To just drag out any Anything (laughs) of note There was an element of entertainment um, uh, there was an element of test match special to it. it. It was a bit, wasn't it? It's exactly like that. It was. It was a slow yeah. Radio Four broadcast almost. Yeah. Did you, did you hear what uh, John Stones got a new nickname? The Barnsley Beckenbauer. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't think Leon, Lee Dixon understood what was going on because <laughs> he called him like the ba- Barnsley Beckenbauer. I said he's got this new nickname, the Barnsley Beckenbauer, and then Lee Dixon said something like, "Oh, that's not on," or something weird that implied he thought it was a slam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a few digs. There was a few I, I digs. I think it's weird that, that that's just come about because I'd say five years ago is when everyone was talking about how great John Stones was. Do you know what I mean? And he could have easily had the Barnsley Beckenbauer nickname then. I, th- yeah. I think actually what we don't know is that Lee Dixon is really good friends with Beckenbauer. And it's a bit of a slam about his mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's why. He, that was why he was relieved. To, he was checking the David Seaman text because he was worried he was going to get one from Franz Beckenbauer, <laughs> saying, "Why didn't you fucking go into bat for me there?" There was a bit. Of t- was there tension between Matterface and Dixon? Although I imagine it, there was a couple of barbs that Matterface chucked at Dixon. Like, did you? Yeah. yeah. When um, when Lee Dixon, one of the running through lines of the second half was when Lee Dixon was going to start talking about the French game next week, and uh, Lee Dixon said something like, "I'm confident we're going to win." And Matterface responded like, unlike you to get off the fence. And then there was probably about oh, yeah, 40 seconds that, of silence. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I was thinking, I wonder what happens in that silence. It's like, is the Dixon looking at Matterface? You know, is he drawing a line across his throat? <laughs> <laughs> have, they, have they got a mute button? So is yeah, there a they chance they're both button, muted? Yeah. Absolutely going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Are you fucking... Like, <laughs> director, you directors fucking in their ear, talk me. to each other, talk to each other. What's going on out there? <laughs> Yeah, weird one. And, and do you know what? But also, how good is it to win on ITV? Because that's out the way now. Again, Southgate breaking, yeah, breaking it's barriers. It's only in your head, but it's out. Your, presumably, it's BBC for the and it's the BBC for the big one. It's the BBC. Yeah. No, basically, we're ho- we're at home for the rest of the tournament. 
you know what I mean? We've got, no, we're not. We've got no, home no, advantage. Semi-finals would be ITV, wouldn't it? Or does the semi-finals I, go to both? I think they go to both. The thing is, these days, semi-finals are not that big a deal for England, is it? So I'm surprised <laughs> it goes to both. So then France, Spain, Brazil to get to the final. Do you know what I was going to talk about? Holland v Argentina's quite a nice one for the 90s football fans, isn't it? Yeah. Because that is a classic 1998 quarterfinal, like an iconic game. What you don't remember about that is that that could have been us in that game. Of course. Because that should have been... In, well, not shouldn't have been. Could have been England v Holland. And then I, tra- I was thinking about this, so I traced it through. I think we couldn't have been further from winning the 1998 World Cup. <laughs> go on, go on. Because when we came out of our group, the run we had was Argentina, yeah. Holland, and then Holland lost to Brazil, who then lost to France. <laughs> so we'd have had to beat Argentina, Holland, Brazil, yes, and so France. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> taking on France in Paris. Yeah. It's but, like the ultimate awful... That, that loss to Romania in the group stage was... Catastrophic. Yeah, we didn't stand a chance, did we? No, we didn't stand to that. We absolutely <laughs> didn't stand a chance. And I wonder if there was anyone in 1998 when they saw that run, that run going. Well, you've got to beat the good. You've got to beat the team sometimes, <laughs> haven't you? You've got to beat them at some point. Yeah. I just wish we didn't have France next. Can I ask something? Yeah. What the fuck? Are all those stats at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The, the one that some of them just aren't even interesting. Like total receptions was one they put up in the second half. Total. <laughs> Receptions between defense, between yeah. midfield and attack. And I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I think I understand this. This is the amount of times they've collected the ball between attacking and midfield. But what does that really tell me? You know, what is it, what is it Michael, meant to you're tell a, you're me? You're a tactics guy. Are you, are you rubbing your hands with glee at that no, stuff? No, it's even too far for me. And I, I think there's no such thing as too much information and too much data. I'd like to see over the course of a tournament maybe a final breakdown of which teams were really good at those stats and how far they went as a result. But even then... But it shouldn't be the one they bring up in every game. It's like one of its main stats. Possession, shots on goal. It's not like... It's, it's getting more than yeah, them. I, I think I saw a thing... Someone tweeted about Germany and XG, how they had the highest XG of the whole tournament. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they went out right. of the group stages. So what what does it even really mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, can I ask how you're feeling about England v France on Saturday night? I, well, I, I got a lot of stick in our football WhatsApp chat earlier because I said, I just don't think France are that good. They're an average team with Mbappe in it. And I think it's I been thought the whole thing was Usman Dombele was shit. Haven't we been saying that for years? <laughs> Isn't the whole thing that Barcelona been trying to offload him for about twenty years? <laughs> yeah, and now and now he's good and twenty four. But I, one of the replies on that football group, which made me laugh, was, "Yeah, we're just an average team without Mbappe." Which is which is totally fair. I don't know if we are. Well, I, I'm starting to think that we could win it. I'm starting to feel can like I we pass, could. Can I pass something off uh, from Five Live that I heard earlier? Yeah. Um, as as information, because um, the thing is, we're going to do no punditry, but occasionally we'll just pass on in punditry we've heard. <laughs> um, who's the Julien Laurent, uh, the French journalist? Do you yeah. know Julien Laurent? Yeah. Um, he said that he thinks the the British media and fans underrate the England squad and actually within Europe everyone's quite scared of the England squad 
And he said he thinks that the England front seven is the best in the World Cup. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> that's really interesting. I do think there is something to that. I think the history of England being rubbish at World Cups has led us to believe that we're not as good as we actually are. And the thing that gives me a lot of comfort is when you look at the, these England, this England team, all of them pretty much are competing at the very top of football. Like They're competing for the biggest yeah. honours of the Champions League. That wasn't the case in 98 and 96 and even 90. And when you look at this French team and everyone's going on about how good they are, like, like look at who they play for. Barcelona aren't the, the team they were in like even the noughties. Yeah. A lot of these players are kind of like Arsenal mates have been moaning about Giroud for years. We we know who Oliver Giroud is, not some exotic foreign like who you don't see yeah. every week. I know One of who the midfielders he is. is the guy that everyone was going, I can't believe man you're actually considering buying this guy. He's a complete liability. <laughs> And they've got Hugo Lloris in goal. And it's like, I know Spurs mates who go, he's a liability. I know all these players. And I don't think they're as as good as some of our players. So I think we've got a real chance, haven't we? um, I I don't share that same level of enthusiasm. I think France are the world champions. We can't forget that. They won the last World Cup. They have the best (laughs) player in the world in Mbappe. I don't think we're far off them. But I, I think they are better than us. But that doesn't mean we're going to lose. I think the tricky thing is looking forward to this game, and it's sort of been the same across the World Cup, is that I can't feel anything other than sort of normality because we're expected to lose against France. We're expe- everything we're kind of expected yeah. to do, except for the USA game. But you even then in the group stage, you know there's going to be a little bit of a banana skin in there somewhere. There's going to be a tough game. So I can't get overexcited or I can't get nervous ahead of the game. In the same way that yeah. I couldn't in that game because there was a cagey 30 minutes. You know, if both of those chances that Senegal had had fallen to Mbappe, we're 2 0 down and we're going out of the World Cup. So yeah. I think we just have to be slightly cautious. That being said, you know, roll on the weekend. I am, I'm looking forward to it. I just feel like you said it early doors, uh, Josh. It's just going to be a par World Cup for England. I think we'll play well we'll lose there'll be no complaints there'll be no huge pendulous swing of emotions and and that'll be it this this whole world cup will kind of fade think, from memory i think that's the interesting thing i think this is a turning point game in the sense of but it could never be that bad unless we get thrashed but if we beat france i don't feel at this point because of our run through in 2018 and 2020 i was already looking at the final really early on because I was like, this is a good route. Because we've always had France in the quarters, I think I've always gone, oh, it's all going to end there. Were we to beat France, I think this World Cup would suddenly totally pivot and suddenly everyone in the nation would believe we were going to win the World oh, Cup. Oh, yeah, I think the Dan would burst in a way that we're, the not, we're not prepared for. We'd become for. the favourites, wouldn't we? Like, we're not ready. If we beat France, we are psychologically not ready. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting take. The France game will be the uh, 50th day that I haven't drunk. And final day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is a win or lose on the booze situation, isn't it? No, if I lo- if we it lose, lose, it's yeah. going to feel quite normal. I think <laughs> that's the thing we keep saying. It's not. It's not like the Germany game in the Euros where it felt like if we lost, we've had a bad Euros. Yeah, it's we've un- If we lose, I don't think anyone, it's like oh well, it's Christmas. 
can, I've got I've got a thing on France that I want to say. I don't think they've played that well. I think it's really good for us in that they've won every time they've played their first 11. But they haven't actually played anyone ever any good. And we, we spoke about expected goals earlier. They actually lost the Poland game earlier today on expected goals. Poland had created more cha- more be- better chances than the ones France converted. And actually, is it quite good? Because you saw the French. They were so cocky. They were absolutely like, that, like the, the, the celebrations after the goals and the and you're like... I don't think they know they're not that good. I think it could be good for us. I think they're in a bad spot mentally that we could take advantage of. Is that mad, what I'm saying there? I, I didn't really see the game. <laughs> I, I, it feels inevitable we'll lose. <laughs> That's the pessimism. That's the pessimism we want. But, but imagine if we know. win. Imagine if imagine, we win. Yeah. But that's at last... At last, I've got that feeling back. Yeah. I can't remember the last time. It was England, Germany in the Euros. When you think, imagine if we win. Yeah. We haven't had that yet. We've had, we're probably going to win. I, I'm going to be so tense this week. But do you, do you know what's interesting today? I thought, I can imagine this team in those kits lifting the World Cup. I can see it when I close my eyes and imagine it. I don't think yeah. I, I can't imagine any other tournament, even 2018 in, in the Euros. I couldn't really imagine us what that would look like lifting the trophy, but I can see it happening this time. And I don't even know What's what that interesting means. Is, do you know what I imagine? Well, this isn't a weird one to imagine. I was imagining during the Senegal game. I imagined us going to the next Euros as world champions. Yeah. I just thought, oh, that, I could imagine that. Do you know what I mean? A Southgate, like. You know, and then we'd probably like go out in the quarters of the Euros or something, and it would feel a bit weird, yeah, because everyone thought we were going to win that as well. And it'd be like, what a sad end to the to the Southgate era. Yeah, but let's look back at everything yeah, you achieved. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God, if we, I think what gets me every time is how much I love this squad. Yeah, I love it. I know. I love them all. This was interesting. This was another bit of interesting on the commentary. They all go down and watch the games together on a big screen. Oh, rather than he said playing on their games consoles in their rooms. So are other football teams playing on separate PlayStations in their rooms. Yeah, it's lovely. Any time you see like the the banter between them, it just looks great. It looks like they really get on. There's actually I don't know if you saw the clip. Uh, there were a few of them having dinner outside in their hotel, and a bird shat on Luke Shaw. One, they were all. It's really, really funny to watch that happen. So they were like, "Look at it, like Jack Greenish, yeah. like look, it's the, it's the bird up there." But also, good luck, isn't it? So, oh yeah, yeah. It's great to see them all getting together. But also, there's another good omen in there. God, it's it's exciting now, isn't it? This week is going to be so slow, isn't it? It's going to really drag. Also, I think although you've plotted us to play Spain, I wouldn't bet against. Them losing, you know, in that those four teams in there, I think Portugal's in there, Morocco's in there. You know, there's going to be a shock. There always is. Someone, Do you think there'll be a shock? There could I'd be. I like Japan to beat Croatia, wouldn't you? Yeah, I love Japan. I mean, not as much as I'd like South Korea to beat Brazil. <laughs> I'd love Japan v South Korea in the quarterfinal. Oh, imagine that'd, that'd be, great. be great. That would be great. I really, really, really just want Portugal to go out so we can rule that out as happening. <laughs> Um, what you do? Would you, would you rather Portugal Brazil versus Brazil versus Portugal semi-final? Oh no, it's Portugal versus. So we might be facing Portugal in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah, that is a potential. Oh, that makes me feel physically sick. In a weird way, I'd rather play Spain. 
Because yeah, so Portugal are quite... They're quite intelligent, you know what I mean? They could just bore us to death and nick a goal. Oh, God. Whereas Spain would try and play football. And I think... I'd prefer to lose to Spain because I could deal with Spain winning the World Cup, but (laughs) I I wouldn't watch a Brazil v Portugal final. There's just just no good outcome. (laughs) Ronaldo or Neymar, take your pick. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But let's not... Let's not not get ahead of that hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, great day. Great day Very easy. Very easy, like... I didn't really foresee... And now it begins. Yeah, again. Now it begins again. Final talking point that came up right near the end. The Jack Grealish playing... Is it Sam Matface's uh, terminology, or is it the general terminology, the draft excluder role behind the wall? Uh, Yeah, this is a new thing, isn't it? What do you make of that? I totally get why they do it. You've seen, you know, Messi or other players, freak specialists, score the goals like that. I think you made the point on the group, though, Josh. It's like... Do, do you want to be that person? That's the most humiliating role, isn't it? In a, in a defensive free kick, if, you, if you're lining up, you're so ineffective, you've got to lie on the floor. <laughs> but but I, would you... It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, he, I, was, I was looking to see whether he was going to look over his shoulder. He doesn't. He totally faces away. Like, Yeah, which so, I find odd. Because why would you? Why wouldn't you face it? Like it was like that's part of the danger of being in the arms. Wall. Yeah, but that's natural. What if you put them behind your back and you lie front oh, face? You'd lie face on with your arms behind your back. So you it's, it's kind of shit no, traveling oh, towards yeah. your face, and you can't move. There's nothing you can do facing it. The only two things you're doing yeah. is getting yourself kicked in the face or kicked in the balls, like for no no yeah, good reason. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, surely a ball to the back of the head, unaware. Yeah, unbraced is like no, one of the most dangerous you blows you can receive and then like kind of coquettishly look over your shoulder <laughs> paint me like one of your French girls but it's um, I think the fact that you lay there almost certainly negates that it's going to get kicked against you anyway so maybe Chris is right maybe oh, yeah. maybe you could lay there sort of it's coiling, a deterrent sedu- it's a deterrent more and just, just put the kicker off with a little little kiss <laughs> you, you don't even need to be all of you down so you could have one leg up couldn't you like why don't you like you could go up and down like like in crazy golf <laughs> <laughs> so if you did like press press ups yeah, and then they've got up. to time it perfectly <laughs> that would be a deterrent that would be a deterrent <clears throat> that would be actually better for the walls to do wouldn't it I think it'd be more off-putting if the wall were jumping up and down all at different times. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a whack-a-mole. Yeah, exactly. Like a, like a whack-a-wall? All, all yeah, if all six members of the wall were going up and down at different times, it would be so off-putting. And you'd have to time your kick completely right. I like or, it. Or yeah. Why don't you have... You could have, you could have two banks of a wall... Each slightly apart with gaps between them, and they could be like oscillating, like moving backwards and forwards. They're shuffling. I think you're in danger of leaving a lot of men unmarked, but but I like it as a defensive system. Um, anyway, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. So we'll try and get through a lot more of the correspondence because there's so much good stuff in the next one. And we'll look ahead to the quarterfinals, although we've already run out of things to say about England versus France. Quarterfinals of a World Cup, eh? Do you remember when getting to the quarterfinals was a big thing? Huge thing. Oh, by the way, England have had a better group stage than any winner since 2002. There's an example of why group stages aren't actually... You, you never get the win, winner never smashes group stages. Well, 
I can't wait for Saturday night. Oh, it's going to be huge, isn't it? I'm so. How are we going to get through this week? I'm so glad it's a Saturday night. Well, all, right. all that to look forward go. to. England in a quarter final of a World Cup. Here we go again. See you then. All right, that's it for this week. Don't go too far. Eric Cantona. Go, lads! Hit, lads! Hit, lads over the top!